Welcome to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. They get the credit, we ask the questions. This is Credit Hour. On today's episode, we interview USD School of Education professor Ying Williams about her project, which honors the fallen veterans of Clay County. Ying, how's it going this morning? Oh, great, great. Um, now, you are a professor of curriculum instruction at the USD School of Education. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about what your role is? What are some of the classes that you teach? Sure. I'm the social studies educator at the School of Education, and I work with future social studies teachers, both elementary and the secondary level. So to make it simple, I work with future social studies teachers. What uh, attracted you to this field, the kind of teaching of teachers? This field, teaching of the teachers, well... Uh, when I was back in China, after I graduated from my college, I had the dream that is one day I want to become a professor, work with with future, with work with future um, generations, I would say. And uh, uh, my first part-time job was teaching elementary elementary school students English. And from there, I realized I want to be a teacher. And from then on, combined with my professor dream, and I'm saying, hmm, that's a good good thing to do for me. Uh, I'm going to pr- to cultivate or train future teachers. How did you come over to the United States? Where did you get your uh, PhD? I got my PhD actually from Ohio University. Um, and what led you maybe to Vermilion? Was it just uh, the chance at a job? Exactly. So yep. had you ever been to South Dakota before? No, no, oh, never wow. before. Uh, my first time uh, job interview in April of 2014, I came here. That was the first time. Okay. And my first impression after the plane landed in Sioux Falls, I was like, wow, this place is flat, <laughs> super flat. But the sky looks so huge. It's just huge. It's so pretty. It's just so amazing. I've never seen such amazing sceneries before, and I just immediately loved it. You said April. Was there snow on the ground, or was it a, a more pleasant spring then? Uh, no snow. No it's snow? just kind of okay. grayish, brownish. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've been at, at USD then since, correct? Correct. Um, you know, I, I think the, the project that we really wanted to discuss with you today is called the Clay County Fallen Project. Um, you know, just tell us a little bit first, what is this project? What does it entail? This project started as a classroom project, actually. Uh, it was, uh, oh, let's start it from from a big te- uh, just a teaching philosophy of me. I'm teaching social studies education. And the social studies education, one of the most important elements of it is to cultivate future generations' civic competence. And civic competence, well, different people may have different ideas of what it is. And, and to me, really, is to make, make people to have this responsibility for their own environment they are living in and make the place they're living in a better place than yesterday, something like that. So a lot of people say, I'm going to do great things for the country, but if we cannot even do good things for our own little community, how can you convince me you are going to do great things in the future? So community is always a big part of my teaching. In my elementary school, elementary uh, level social studies education class and also secondary. So since I got, just uh, soon after I got here, I started to look for the community partners, who I can partner with, and what can I do, what projects I can do. So just um, just accidentally, that winter uh, break, I just, I travel a lot with my husband. Um, We were in Illinois, and in a bookstore, I just 
randomly saw, look around, and I just saw this particular book on the shelf. It's called War Letters. And I had never, ever read War Letters before. And I had no, no idea what it was about. I just put it off the shelf and just flip through the pages. And I just, I just randomly just saw this particular one. It was a Vietnam War veteran, wrote a letter to his wife. It's full of his, um, say, I miss you, I love you, I'm sure you can feel how I feel for you. And, and I was immediately, really, war letters? Nothing about wars? So I read several more, and it just I was just deeply touched by those war letters. And, and I, w- I started to think, you know, in my class, I, one of the methods I teach my students how to analyze historical documents. And then I just immediately just, just thought about, oh, war letters, those are original primary documents. I can use that in my teaching. And especially, war is always a topic we constantly teach in uh, in social studies classes. It seems like it seems like social studies of war, one war after another after right. another, and then students just got bombed all the time. Just got numb, just became numb to it. Oh, whatever, another one. But what does war actually mean to us? Been, a lot of teachers, especially in high school, and they did a great job teaching about wars from a political perspective and how and the significance of certain wars. But I just feel like we've, we left an important part of a war out. That is the people. That's Because people were there fighting the wars. We never talk about them. And right here, the war letters, they're real people. And they have feelings. And they just could be anybody that we know. So I, I decided to include that in my teaching and then started from there, I need veterans to work with me. So came back, I started to look around and ask people who I can work with in the local community. There, there I found the Veterans of Foreign Wars here in Vermilion and we started collaboration. Well, tell us a little bit about then. So you talked about kind of the primary source material um, you know, war letters obviously being one of them. Uh, what does a project, what, is a, what does a fallen warrior project then look like? What does a student actually do, um, you know, in one of your social studies classes? Sure. And Andy Howe, he is the quartermaster of the VFW here in town, uh, post 361. He gave me a list of the, it's called KIA list, killed in action, from Clay County. And that includes um, World War One, World War Two, Korean War, and Vietnam War. I had that list, and then I just, I was curious. I want to know what public information is out there. So I started to search online and every, each one of the names on the list, and really to my surprise and to my dismay at the same time, I couldn't find anything about those people. And I was like, really? These people died for us, or say for the future of the country. And at the time, no matter they agree with the political wins you know, of the time, they agree with the, the conflict, the battle or not, they were the ones actually fought in the war and they didn't make it back. And now we just forget about them. And I just that that just came to my mind, I said, that's not fair. What can I do to find out those people's stories and just rediscover their um, their stories. So, and that also tie really well into my teaching unit, I call it teaching about wars from a human perspective. So what I do, what my students and I do in, since the spring of 2016, actually, I got my secondary social studies method class involved. I just gave you the list and I also provide the resources because I did all the, all the um, 
preliminary research where we can go to find information, including Clay County Historical Society, and uh, our university archive, the public library. They also have public library has a special South Dakota room. They have a lot of great stuff in there, and uh, also the uh, veteran service here in town in the courthouse. Um, I also compiled a list of online resources where you can go to look for information and also cooperate actually with the archives. Uh, the archives directors, they taught us how to use, like say, Ancestry.com, stuff like that, online database. Um, so I gave the students all these resources plus a name, literally a name. I said, go ahead and find the stories behind those names. Um, I know it is a really difficult task for them to, to do, because um, I personally researched one World War I veteran, uh, Elmer J. Wallace. He's actually the namesake of American Legion here in town. And not just this American Legion, this person. I just say the name Elmer J. Wallace, who knows it, right? But he is a prominent World War I um, colonel. From, and, and he was um, in the Coast Artillery. And he was the only Coast Artillery colonel who was killed in World War I. And after he, he died, a lot of batteries and uh, uh, fort um, and uh, different American Legion posts around the country actually named after him. And fascinating stories. Anyways, come back to the, to the project. Students did the same thing at, I went through. They went to the archives. They even, some of them got really lucky. They found that their fallen heroes, family members or relatives, they conducted uh, personal interviews. And some of them really just spent hours and hours in the archives, in the library, just to look through the newspapers. Can you believe that? They did it. Undergraduate students, they did went through the newspapers and found a little piece of article, maybe about the ship, the veteran was on, and they were just getting overjoyed. Yeah, I found this. They were really working like historians, doing the historical research. So obviously, there's both, you know, kind of that practical element um, where the students themselves are learning how to research like historians. It's obviously super meaningful for the town of Vermilion, for the county of of Clay County here, that um, University of South Dakota resides in. You know, you had mentioned um, that some students were able to find, you know, family members. Um, you know, younger siblings, um, you know, grandchildren um, of some of these these fallen uh, warriors who had passed away. I remember writing a story. I think it was a year or two ago on, on Joseph Nord, who or Nor, I, I believe is his name, um, and and he, uh, you know. Talked about that, how when you first got the name, I think the phrase he used was, you know, it's just a name on a piece of paper. And as you do the research, you know, that person becomes alive. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously they're, they're deceased, but it, they become a real human being. They're not just a name in a ledger or a statistic of, you know, how many people died um, from Clay County. They, they had a story. They had, um, you know, interests. They had dreams that they wanted to pursue once they got home um, from military service. How important is it for or, you know, a community, you kind of focused on, you know, the, the notion that we need to take this from a community-oriented mindset. How is it important for a community to kind of remember some of these stories for the people who have made, you know, obviously, like, such huge sacrifices for us? Sure. Um, you know, just like, you, you, I just start from something you just mentioned. Once you discover the stories behind those names, you feel like that's a real person, and that's so real. For Several of my students, they actually wrote in their reflection papers and say, so-and-so is no longer a name. He's a brother. 
and he is a son. Oh, he's like a friend. I feel like I, I feel like I could hear his talking when I read his home letters. Once they find out the home letters, and and one particular student actually, when she presented on the uh, fallen hero she research, she just moved to tears by herself, just like that. And go back to your question: What's the meaning of the project to this to the local community? First of all, to the family members, fallen family members. And, you know, for so many years, they were almost forgotten. They're fo forgotten heroes, right? And to the family members, they already lost their their family members, right? Like that. And then afterwards, the people in the future, like say, uh, in the community, again, forget them once, one more time. Um, so some of the family members, they just felt so appreciative. They felt like, oh, there are people out there that they care about my brother or my son. Um, some okay. Every year after we did this project, we would present our research findings to the community. I invite the community to our classroom, and if our cl uh, students found their fallen family members, they would also invite those people coming, and they were actually sitting there listen to listen to our pr students' presentation. It was amazing to the family members and second of all to the local community say this is our local history right it's local history and local history is also part of the nation nation national history right so from there we can see the the impact is not on the local community but also at the national level well and i know that vermilion has really embraced it you talked about working with the veterans of foreign war um they kind of now provide a scholarship um, based on you know this research project that takes place every spring. Um, they provide a small stipend to the winner. I, I think they award maybe one through three. But then I think this is the coolest part about it. They actually invite kind of the um, you know presentation that resonates with them the most to actually give a memorial address um, over Memorial Day weekend. You know, kind of at the end of May. I, I thought that was just such a cool way to honor veterans. To you know, it, it, it just. I just thought it was so cool. The, fir the first time I heard of it, just, you know, the connections that people make here at Vermilion um, or here at the University of South Dakota um, have a lasting impact in Vermilion. You know what I mean? That, that That is memorable to these people's family, like you said. But I also think just to the identity of a community. They've kind of flushed out these stories in a way that, you know, if they were once forgotten or once only remembered by their families, now by telling them, by writing about them, um, they had a little bit of a permanence that maybe wasn't there with, with some of these stories before. And I want to transition into um, another, uh, I guess, topic or, or um, you know, award that you've been able to, to garner from this project, which is a grant from the Allen R. Cheeseman Fund for Civic Education, um, which has allowed you to uh, publish actually a book of some of these stories. Can you tell us a little bit about that process and um, what was the impetus for actually getting these published in a book? Oh, yes. Um, to begin with, a book, I already have this first one um, published, self-published. And I actually looked around, at the beginning, I looked around in, in South Dakota, any of the publishers who would be able to, would be interested in publishing this book. Unfortunately, due to the small focus, the local focus, the, really this is not on any of the publisher's agenda. So I say, what, what should I do? Okay, if because I saw the passion of my students. Okay, when they researched it, they spent so much, so many hours, and they never complained. 
that's the, the amazing thing. Undergrads, they always complain about the, 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 the homework, right? Right. But they never, ever complain about this. And uh, they just, they, they're only afraid that they wouldn't do justice to, to whoever they are, they are researching. So I saw their passion, and also I saw the precious findings. If we, we, we use a lot of hours to, to find out these things, if we just let it go, like a course project, let it go, then it's just something lost again. And the thing is, if we don't save these precious memories, then in another 50 years, probably it will be all gone. Just like the one I researched, there was World War I um, veteran, fallen veteran, there was so just scarce information out there, just almost none. Um, I spent over a year on that one one person, actually. So anyways, my students work on those uh, World War II, Korean War, and the uh, Vietnam War. And there's still some information out there, and we keep them. So um, I, want to, I want to keep it in a way that we can always remember it. That's in a book format. So I started to think, I'm going to self-publish it, but I don't have money. Look around, where, who can give me money? <laughs> so I started to ask around, really, um, ask so many people, and there were there were some local grants, like the Dakota Hospital Foundation, but I cannot apply those. <laughs> Our project doesn't really tie to health or whatever. And finally, I learned about this uh, Cheeseman Fund. And then, and then I, I, could, I learned about it actually through through the uh, university newsletter. I saw it, civic education. That's me. I should I should do something. I should apply for this. So yeah, I did do some investigation. Uh, so what this funds was about and how to write a successful grant, and that's very important. So I started to um, work on it, and uh, I also get actually I also get uh, as um, at the back of the book there was some. Scholars, actually, they read some of the chapters and wrote me these endorsement letters, or they say, we'll call it quality assessment. So, um, and I also add those in my, in my proposal, and that's really um, very convincing, and it's later what I, what I was told. So that's how I actually got the grant. Well, and so you said that you kind of self-published the first edition. Is there going to be a second edition then? Yes. Do I have that understand? When do you think that will be available? Really, right now, I plan to have it published by next summer. Okay. And if anybody wanted to pick up a copy of this, how, how could they go about doing that? Just contact the university or? Like the first edition, actually, it is our, I say our, it's me and my students' gift to the local community. We printed... Um, 200 copies, and uh, we donated almost all to the key individuals, all right, my students and the family members, and most of the books actually were divided uh, into four different organizations locally, Clay County Historical Society, uh, WH Over Museum, the American Legion, Post one here in town and VFW post thirty sixty one. So they got forty copies each. That's one hundred sixty copies out there, and uh, they can just they didn't they can sell it and keep the profit for their own future projects. We just really want to do it to benefit the local community, and we plan to do the same for the second edition. You know, you had um, you know, spoken that kind of one of the takeaways that a lot of the students will sometimes leave from this project is just how. Um, you know, these individuals, 
you know, come to life to them. They, they view them as uh, kind of form an intimate relationship with them, so to speak, right? They, they really get involved, you know, in these people's lives. And obviously when you're researching, um, I assume you eventually come to the part of where, where they passed away, which is in and of itself a very intimate moment. Um, I, I think when you're probably researching a subject like that. I'm curious, has, has students, you know, talked to you about how maybe this is, Oh, impacted their view of the study of history, the study of um, even things like war. I mean, you kind of said it yourself. You know, sometimes history classes just kind of seems like you're just learning. You know, when did this war start? When did this war end? You know what I mean? And, and you don't get into the, the actual human toll, the the cost that these wars had. I, I'm curious, how does a project like this resonate with, with your students? Have they, you know, talked about that? Sure, absolutely. Every each one of them in their reflection papers. Like, I just randomly in my mind right now, somebody said, uh, in the past, I see wars as a unit. It's a whole unit fighting out there. But now I understand it's every each individual count. Another person said, we only remember those big names, the generals' names. But without these little people, how can we have generals? That's another one. And uh, there are a lot of students actually say, say something like, um, I actually, okay, my father or my grandfather was a veteran. And, and they never talk about wars at home to me, at least. And now I just feel I'm, more, I'm much closer with this group of people. Um, I appreciate them even more than before. And, and some of the students in my first book, actually, they're already teachers. They implement some similar project in their classrooms right now. Even if it is not this thorough, maybe they just do a, um, some simple uh, historical research with the students. And also, like say, uh, Veterans Day or Memorial Day, they, okay, they feel really proud. First of all, they researched somebody and they share the experience with their students. This is real, this is a real thing. And, and their students feel what they feel and just just the student and teacher relationship is getting better that way, just getting closer and closer. Um, yeah, it's pretty much something like that. So, yeah. Where do you see, I guess, this project um, going into the future? I mean, you have kind of already you know, published at least one edition. The second volume, I think, is in the works. Um, you know, ultimately, and I guess I should ask this. I mean, how many um, veterans from that you know era that you talked about—World War One, World War Two, Korean, Vietnam—do you do you know off uh, like how many fallen veterans are there from that era from Clay County? Oh, there, we have all of the names yes, right there. Yes, we have wow. all of the names. Right, I, I put the names here. You see, Korean War there are eight, Vietnam War two, and World War Two, World War One. Probably there will be twenty or so for each. So that's like 50, 60 altogether. So will this project come to an end at some point? Will, um, you know, will you feel like you've gotten enough research on every single subject? Or I guess, where, yeah, five years from now, what will this project look like when you teach it in a classroom? Right now, we discovered all the ones from Vietnam War and the Korean War and most of the Second uh, World War II. Right now, I just told my students, don't do the World War One yet because you don't have time to to finish that project in this one semester. But my goal really is to find out all the stories behind the names, that's step one. 
And then uh, well, I'd like to compile all the stories into books in the book format. And second of all, because we're teacher education, we, I want to uh, actually design lesson plans, learning about wars from local fallen veterans. And that's my second step. But right now, we're still in the first stage. Um, Ying, this is such a cool project. You know, we usually like to kind of sum up our interviews, ask a little bit of a philosophical question. I- I'm curious, you know, just with, y- you- you've talked about yourself, you know, researching um, one fallen veteran for almost a year, um, you know, individually. Obviously, you've heard probably so many memorable stories, I think, as different students have um, researched these these veterans and then presented the information to you. Um, you also just have an interesting life, I think. You you come from China, correct? Right. Um, you eventually received a, a PhD here uh, in the United States. You're living in, in Vermilion um, here, and you work at the University of South Dakota. So you yourself, your own journeys, I think, um, pretty inspiring. And and you know, I'm sure you have your own stories. At this point in your life, um, with the career that you've had, with the focus um, and kind of the exploration um, that I think that you're able to kind of take your students on, you know. Over over the course of just one semester and really get to know a, an individual. At this point in your life, what do you know for sure? What do I know for sure? Mm-hmm. I know I will have a lot, I already have, and I will have a lot more fabulous social studies teachers in the future. And that's really my goal. I, I train them and I want them to be the best they can be. Ying, um, I, I, that's a, that's an awesome answer. Thank you so much. Um, as someone whose father was a social studies teacher, I think I, I have to say thank you for the work that, that you're continuing to do. He dedicated his life to it, and, um, you know, social studies uh, sometimes gets a bad rap, but for me it was it was always the subject I loved the most. It was always the one that made the subjects um, come alive. So it's cool to, to see how you approach that and make the, the subjects come alive for your students. And for me, really, the, the, the key of making a subject interesting is to make it real. Make it real so that your students will feel like they are mastering whatever they're learning. And they're discovering the stories. And after they discover the story, they feel like they own them. That's the this kind of ownership of the of the knowledge instead of I cram everything into your, into your brain. And that's the real thing. And also, if you can have them do something to make a difference in just say around, uh, just in their families or in their local community, and they will remember it. And again, make it real. Um, Ying, thank you so much um, for your contribution to USD, but also to, to Clay County and Vermilion and South Dakota in general. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. But at the end, I would have to say it's not just me. It is the whole community. It's the whole community effort. I cannot provide those um, so resources, like say Wes Prevacek from the Clay County Historical Society, can provide to my students. Uh, it's really the whole community working together on this uh, whole project. So, because it is a, is I call it a community-based research, not just benefiting me as a professor, my students, uh, as students or future teachers, but also benefit the local community. It's really the, the wholeness of everybody in this whole project. No, thank you, Ying. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. Listening is 100% of the grades. We hope you enjoyed the episode. 